This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows, including your favorite anime, anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to huluplus.com forward slash anime. That's huluplus.com forward slash anime. So all of these wishes are coming true and you real... Oh my God. Three times? <laughs> bing bong, bing Oh man this time. The chat wants to know that guy was trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. Nope. What did he want? Here we go. You ready for this? Okay. I was already I was already Our making guess- lots of sarcastic jokes about what he said, <laughs> and if you and if you say what I was saying in here, I'm gonna laugh my ass off. No shit. He came to tell me that my. You just heard the song Imagination from the anime Haikyuu by the artist Spy Air, and you are listening to the 222nd session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our mission is to make, make your, your anime addiction worse. Thank you so much. My name is Cram, and joining me as always are my wonderful Radiant co-hosts. Radiant? Oh, Chiaki hi. And Say hello, guys. When he says Radiant, he means me. Uh, that's for sure. You are you are glowing right oh, now. Oh, thank fact, you. I, I should be wearing sunglasses. As always, you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, Facebook, and Ustream, where we're broadcasting live every Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. EST. In fact, we're broadcasting live right now. We are. How about that? It's always live. The magic of technology and the internet. Uh, we want to thank everybody who is doing this live in the chat right now. And uh, we hope that you will have some some interesting input for the show maybe ask us a few questions and we'll see what we can do about that um so moving on we have a five-star review uh from itunes which you can submit yourself by going to the uh to the itunes as it were and the itunes, the iTunes and uh and submitting a, a review if it's a five-star review we will do everything we can to read it live on the show this one is submitted by bobob 101 and bobob writes the best way to describe this podcast is Consistent. Well, thank you. In all caps. So that's serious business. That consistency is a good thing. Yeah. You air consistency. You are funny cons- constantly, informative consistently, etc. 
While I discovered this cast not that long ago through the grapevine of other anime podcasts, this show has taken a big place in my 10 plus weekly hours. I spend listening to podcasts. I know I will continue to listen to slash watch your wonderful show, and I hope you keep up the good work. Well, we will do everything we can to keep up the good work. Spread well, the good word when you have a, anime. When you have a podcast that people depend on for entertainment on a weekly basis, the worst thing you can do is to not be consistent. Yeah. So You guys yeah. depend on us. That's right. We work hard to do this. Uh, we have new forum members this week. Uh, the forum members are Lord's, the Lord Sponge... Funk Gun, Blitzendgen, The Kid Nixon, Maku the Puppy Killer, Apple Coat, and KJK. Oh no! The Puppy Killer? I I don't know if I can approve of that. I think that person was watching Midori and was inspired. There's a guy at my gym who pulled me over to him, to his side a couple weeks ago, and proceeded to tell me about his hobby of dogfighting. And I learned that dogfighting is legal in Japan. And, uh, and you proceeded to punch him in the face, right? I acted like I didn't know what he was talking about because it was really awkward yeah. being an American who basically killing dogs is almost worse than killing people. So, Well, lucky for us, he's a forum member now. Yeah, so <laughs> I hope you don't really kill dogs. I'm going to pick uh, the Kid Nixon as my name of the week. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the puppy killer. Oh. What? And on that yeah, note, just, I'm going to abstain. <laughs> Okay, Funk Gun. I, I pick Funk Gun. Uh, the trivia this week had seven correct answers. Actually, we're going to be doing two two trivia. Yeah, we. Um, Can you explain why Mi- that is? What happened? Mitsuki was in China. Oh, for a week. You were. Is that where you were? Yes, I was. I was in China, and China is very polluted. It is. It's also very big. Did you feel like your lungs getting cruddy walking around breathing the? Actually, it's so polluted that. Despite being there for seven days, I was only able to see the sky one day out of seven days. Oh I've no! I've heard that. And when you and when you look out of like the the room of your hotel bill of of your the, the window of your hotel room, mm. you can see the you know the skyscrapers, but they're in like this foggy mist. Mm. That's not fog, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's small. That's Haikigas. Oh, that's bad. A little bit of pollution there. China I've forgot how to sky. I've always, <laughs> I've always heard go that home. You're China. drunk, China. So the uh, answer to this week's trivia was Space Runaway Idion. And the... <laughs> ridiculously hard. It was so ridiculously hard that we are going to list all of the the wrong answers that people gave. So, so, so there's a funny little game here, right? About which one of these wrong answers does not belong. Okay, so we had... It, Space Runaway Idion is a mech anime. And well, we, the theme was was the, mech. The theme robots. was mechs, and the wrong answers were Majestic Prince, Gundam Seed, Mobile Suit Gundam, Genesec Gal Gygar, Transformers, RX seventy seven Gun Cannon from from Gundam, Voltron, and the odd one out, Kimba the White Lion. <laughs> Kimba the White Lion. <laughs> you know, for when Kimba goes on a space opera adventure, <laughs> that, that whole arc. Piloting a giant robotic lion. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, but the correct answers uh, came from Charmanderson Cooper, Tinned Foil, Is No Try, Chapter 9, Funk Gun, Aldoon, or Aldoon, and Opai for Senpai. I still love that, that name. You're going to uh, be saying it a lot. This week's winner is Opai for Senpai. And the month's winner is Opai for Senpai. So congratulations to Opai for Senpai. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? Actually, I already sent you a message, and you already selected your prize, so... Wow. The theme, uh, the I guess the next theme 
or we're moving on to a new theme now, is uh, characters with fangs. Yeah, very creative. So Is uh, it? I don't know. Mostly the characters with fangs in anime are like the really lowly con moe type girls who have like one little fang sticking over the edge that I just want to take their face and pound <laughs> it into a, into a pulp. Actually, I made a mistake. The last uh, answer that I read was two weeks ago's trivia, and now right. I'm reading this week's trivia. The answer was Yumekui Mary, and the correct answers came from Chapter 9, Opai for Senpai, Takura 77, Nelly 1876, Shake a Spear, Is No Try, The Count, Aldun, Reiji, Fox Stole My Onions, and Astrophysics. And the actual winner for this week is Takura 77. Congratulations. A much easier question. We will be continuing with the theme of characters with fangs into next week. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. You love that, don't you? We have. That's Chrome's favorite. It's great. It makes me laugh. We have three uh, submitted mailbag questions slash comments. Who wants to read the first one? I'll go. Go. THD writes, hey guys, listening to your experience with fermented soybeans last episode made me wonder whether you guys have tried durian. Duran? Durian? Durian. Personally, I love the taste and smell of it, but plenty of people hate it. What is your opinion of the king of fruits? Also, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? I was going for Seattle, but I wanted a closer game. Thanks for answering in advance. I didn't care about the Super Bowl because the Patriots didn't make it. I have never had durian, and I know that it's Neither a very I. large fruit that smells bad, and uh, it can't be worse than natto. Uh, I don't know. It might be. Natto's flavor be. doesn't bother me. It's really the smell. So if durian smells bad also, then I'm probably not going to dig on it too much. Yeah. I, uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl because I had to work. Living in a foreign country, the Super Bowl came on at like, I don't know, what was it, 7 a.m., and I'm basically in the car at that point driving to work, so that was impossible. But I was rooting for Seattle because I did not want Peyton Manning to win. Who won? That's how much Seattle I Seattle won. Okay. Well, in a blowout. Congratulations. Massacre. <laughs> congratulations I did watch the Seattle. commercials after. I did care about that Super Bowl Oh, yeah, I did that. That's... um. That's always more interesting to me. Who wants to read the... Oh, go ahead. I think I have seen durian, though, in stores here here in Japan, in the grocery stores. It's a very large fruit, right? It's kind of spiky. Mm. Is that right? Uh, maybe. I don't, I, I don't know. Don't really know. I really don't that's know. Not, that's not often on the shopping list. Uh, Mitsuki, would you like to read the next mailbag? Sure. Maverick Iveltaru writes, Hey there, AAA podcast. It's been a while since 207, I think, so I have three questions for you. I guess he's referring to an episode where we might have answered one of his questions. Question number one. First question, I was watching Happiness Charge Precure, and I started bitching over Shirayuki Hime. She's just so bitchy in battle. What do you guys think? Haven't watched it. Haven't watched it. Haven't watched it. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Yeah, the Precure is the type of show that I would tease my fourth grade boys with. I'm like, oh, you like Precure, don't you? I do the and same they thing. Flip out. And yeah, they, they're like, no way. No way. That's for like little girls. That's, that's girl stuff. <laughs> anyway, question number two is Do you guys know that Aaron's voice actor, Yuki Kaji, is playing Clemont in Pokemon XY? I didn't know that, but cool. I, I assume he'll be screaming the whole time <laughs> or, or whining. Pokemon! Screaming and whining. Scream Pokemon! whining. I don't want to summon Pikachu. <laughs> Um, question three: Out of all the girls in Puella Magi Madoka Magica, which one do you like? Mommy. Uh, Homura. It's all about Homura. Come on. It is all about Homura, but I like Mommy because I've considered cosplaying her. I like Kubei. Okay. Kubei. <laughs> that's a good choice. Well, Kube's I mean, good. it's not a girl, but but 
I think deep down he wants to be a little girl. Uh, I'll accept that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, that judges. Can, do we accept the answer? Uh, yeah, I'm we getting accept. a. I'm getting a kind of a hesitant yes and nod. Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll accept that. Um, the so, next, yeah. the next mailbag comes from Dino Animasaurus. So anime isn't what it used to be. Do you think oh, there is still man. hope for future generations? I don't agree with that. No hope. There's no hope. The I, world is ending. All is lost. All is lost. I, I think I think anime is as good now as it's ever been. We should just quit trying. We should stop the anime industry. We should put it all away and... Pack it up into a nice little box. Pack it up into a nice right. little box. In fact, this is the last uh, podcast. Yeah, this, it is is. A, this is the last Triple like, podcast episode. Because there's going to be no more anime because there's no more hope. I mean, what, what point is there podcasting about something that has no hope? No hope. Anyway, uh, in all seriousness, I kind of agree with Cram. I think anime is pretty much as as successful as it's ever been. I successful, think. and I think you know, uh, artistic and all the good things that we like about the medium. So, I think I that know. when 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 people speak about the anime industry having no hope, I think it, they're talking about a Western perspective, and that anime slipping off of television, the sales are dropping, etc. But in but in countries like Japan and China. Anime is huge. I think from a Western perspective, and we've talked about this before, um, when people think about the quote-unquote good old days of anime, they're thinking about a time when we only got the very, very best of everything. So, you know, from that perspective, everything, all anime, so to speak, was great, you know? But now we get everything. We get basically everything. Or you you go back and and retroactively you watch the best of prior years. You know, maybe it was like... I don't know something maybe 2002 when I first saw Escaflone and that show came out in like 95. Yeah. So you're going back in time to watch probably the what is the best show from that year maybe. I mean no one's like, "Hey, this anime came out 5 years ago. It's shit." Yeah. Watch of course, it. Of course, now that we're doing a podcast and we cover like 20 shows a season, we see anime we're going to see junk for what yeah, it really exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. And that's a and that's a genre of as a medium of entertainment where you know, seven out of ten shows are garbage. I mean, it's just like but normal American TV. Seven out of ten shows are and the bad garbage. ones get forgotten. Yeah, and it's yep. been like that for years, and yeah. and the bad ones don't make it to America. Exactly. So that's, that's well, uh, people will be saying the same thing in ten, fifteen, twenty more years. They'll be looking back and thinking about the great shows of right now and going, why why aren't shows this good anymore? Why why is there no Attack on Titan anymore? <laughs> So we are going to take an anime news break And when we get back We are going to talk about the host's favorite Opening and ending theme songs for anime And our poll question is related to that topic Uh, And on the break you can vote in that poll The question is How many Yoko Kano songs will be selected As favorites by the hosts uh, Your possible answers are A more than 3 B 3 C 2 D 1 Or E 0 And we will catch you guys on the other side of the break This is Shiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. For those of you who are Yolmushi Pedal fans, there's some new merchandise out there that can be hard to get your hands on, but might be practical and worthwhile for you to do so. The May issue of Akita Shoten's Beisetsu Shonen Champion Magazine shipped this past week with a bonus deck of playing cards that featured characters from Yoa Pedal Cycling. The deck of cards include Yusuke Makishima as the Queen of Hearts, Yasu is the Eight of Clubs, 
Yusakichi as the rabbit as the six of spades, Takuto Ashikiba as the seven of spades, and a young Akira Mirosuji as one of the two Joker cards. It's a pretty cool pack of cards and is unavailable in any other way than purchasing the magazine, but you might be able to find some, of course, through online means. In other news, for those of you who are interested in American Hollywood and their reactions toward anime, Megan Fox, known for many things including being very hot, was recently interviewed over at Entertainment Weekly, and she talked about her experience playing April O'Neil in Michael Bay's upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. She's a self-professed nerd and talked about her long-time love for the Turtles franchise. As for future live-action adaptations she'd like to sing, see? Gundam Wing. Pacific Ring was sort of a Gundam Wing situation, but they should do it, she says. What about Thundercats? She wouldn't mind a Sailor Moon adaptation either and said, I don't know how many Americans were into that. I was into that, but I don't know how huge it was here. Trust me, Megan Fox, I think it's safe to say that a lot of people would love a well-done Sailor Moon live-action adaptation. Go talk to some producers. In other news, Anaplex of America has begun streaming the second English subtitle trailer for Persona 3 the movie number one, Spring of Birth, this past week. The video features Yumi Kawamura's opening theme, Burn My Dread, and ending theme, More Than One Heart. Anaplex will release the film on Blu-ray disc in a collector's edition and a standard edition on May 20th. You can find the trailer on YouTube. In other news, the Madoka Magica online browser game has added new images of the series' main cast dressed up as Kyubei and in another set to celebrate spring. If you're a Madoka fan, these pictures can of course be found online. They are incredibly cute and I recommend taking some time to Google them. If you're Googling image, the staff for the upcoming loop on the third Jigen Daisuke no Byoho, or loop in the third, Daisuke Jigen's gravestone have revealed the first two screenshots from the film this past week. Now they don't tell us very much other than the fact that Lupin is wearing an eye patch, but the movie looks very cool. Finally, some local news for your anime addicts. The Ibaraki Prefecture, home of Orai City and Girls Un Panzer, has debuted its own Moe mascots for the area's Japan Self-Defense Forces Provincial Corporation Office. Each girl is a member of a separate branch. They're incredibly cute and I can't wait to hear what Mitsugi thinks about his police in this prefecture having Moe mascots. This was Shiaki and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Cram, what's up? I got in a tiff with the wife. Oh, man. What did you do? Why is it my fault? <laughs> anyway, she was playing Lego Harry Potter, but I wanted to watch anime on the PlayStation. You can watch anime on your PlayStation? With, with what? With Hulu Plus. You've probably tried Hulu.com. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and movies in the living room or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite TV shows like Attack on Titan, Naruto Shippuden, One Piece, Red Data Girl, and more. Watch every episode of shows like Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, Sword Art Online, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and more. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu originals like The Wrong Mans and Behind the Mask, Hulu's new docu-series that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. 
You'll also get access to a collection of ad-free movies and kids' content. For only $7.99 a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash anime. That's a special offer for our listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com forward slash anime so you get the extended free trial and they know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime right now for your extended two-week free trial. And welcome back to the 222nd session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Oh, thank you. We had a, a little poll. A little poll question. Oh, we didn't. I forgot to check the result. <laughs> so the result of the poll is that... Oh, my. Oh my. Let's, let's restate the question. The question was how many Yoko Kano songs will be selected as favorites by the hosts. Okay, so with 42% of the vote, people believe that we will select a total of two shows, or two songs written by Yoko Kano. And with, see if they're right. And with 32%, people think more than three. Wow. Well, Yoko Kono has done a lot of stuff. Yes. And she's not just done a lot of stuff, but a lot of really... Really good really stuff. Really good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, c- kind of good. Kind of good. What? Just kidding. She's pretty great. <laughs> and really famous in Japan. A lot of people know Yoko Kono's name because she did like a charity concert after the earthquake happened. Mm. And people recognize her. So I, I, I forgot to mention, but I wanted to uh, to do it now, that over this past weekend, I met one of our forum members in, in Akihabara. For I went a, too. Uh, and Chiaki went also. So greentango.uk met us at the Gundam Cafe where we got coffee and then we went out and did some arcade stuff. and So planned. And n- no so planned. Oh. Close. Close. Oh, r- really? Yeah. You were close, yeah. What'd you do? So this will be on an upcoming hentai episode, but... Green, da- Green Tango. UK and I went to went to a Mimi Kaki. <laughs> that doesn't sound very pornographic. You're supposed to say, supposed to say what's a Mimi Kaki? Oh, me- what's a Mimi Kaki? A Mimi Kaki is a place where you go and you lay your head in a girl's lap and let her pick wax out of your ears with a pick. I didn't do this. The idea of a complete stranger shoving mm. metal objects in toward my into a very into a very vulnerable area of your body <laughs> that's very strange i know it's japan i know they do it all day but i i just i don't even like getting facials mm. well i like because the I don't only like thing people touching the, my the face. only thing pornographic about that is that you are uh you're being penetrated <laughs> my my ear was penetrated by her your ear was penetrated but I, did you I, feel I uh did you feel like you were taken advantage of um yes i did do you need counseling yes Okay. Many many months, even though it's only been three days Whoa. since that happened. But um, Dr. yeah, Doctor Cram is here for you. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that more on an upcoming hentai episode. So those of you that are fans of the hentai episodes, rejoice! There is one coming. So rock and roll sounds awesome. So we're going to jump into our main topic, and that is uh, the host's favorite opening and ending theme songs. Um, uh, just briefly, I wanna I wanna talk about what kind of how I approach this. It would be really, really easy for me to think about my favorite shows that I associate many happy, good feelings with and just say, well, of course, their their opening and ending themes are my favorite songs because it's that association. I purposely tried to not pick songs from my very favorite shows. Me too. I did a little bit of that. I also tried to pick songs that weren't 
the super obvious ones. Yeah. And and I know we have a list of other mentions, but I'll just say one. Like, for example, Tank. Yeah. Or the real yeah, folk it's blues. It's a dead giveaway, right? That's not on any of our lists. And of course, it, everyone knows that's one of the greatest anime well, openings of all time. These aren't my favorite songs. These are these are just songs that I like a lot. Yeah. And I tried to pick songs from shows that maybe people hadn't seen. So maybe you'll hear something new. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I think these are some of my favorite songs for me. Yeah, they, they, they definitely are some of my favorites. Um, so uh, we're going to play a little game with the chat. Small with the game chat. With, the, with the chat and the listeners. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give about 10 seconds of uh, each song before revealing what the song is. Uh, and each each host will uh, will take their turn and, and give their top five. I think we did five each. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did five each. So, And, and we're not going to say who in the chat says so set it first. We're just going to let you have the satisfaction of knowing you got it. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, uh, and we're going to talk about why we like the song and feel free to talk about why you like the song if you do. Or if you don't, tell us why you hate it. Yeah, you could just mute us. Oh, this song's awful. I yeah. hate it. Oh, oh man, my uh. ears, they're bleeding. So, um, I think all these songs are pretty good. I think we're going to start with uh, Mitsugi. Yeah, so here's the first song. Mm-hmm. I'm down with it. Here it comes, here it comes. Oh. That saxophone. Might be a clarinet, actually. Wait, wait for it. <laughs> so, if, 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 if this voice sounds familiar, it's because this is the theme song, Violence of the Flame, from, yes, yes, you guessed it, MG Guys. The most dangerous. The most guys. dangerous the most opening. The most dangerous theme song. And the man with the most dangerous voice, Hironobu Kagayama, mm-hmm. who has been doing songs and writing music for like decades, who is probably most well known in the anime world for doing the theme songs of Dragon Ball Z, Kala Hedgehala, and uh, he's done a bunch of. Oh, I can hear him. Oh, yeah. Oh, here it comes. Are we here ready? Comes. Here it comes. Dangerous. Most dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, Hidenobu. One more time. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. good stuff. Hidenobu Kageyama is 53 now. Wow. You know, crazy. I think one thing that a lot of his music has that you can hear is it has that like pause and like the tagline. Mm-hmm. You know, chala head chala. My dad actually. The funny thing about Hidenobu Hidenobu Kageyama is that when I was a kid, I had Chala Hedchala on a CD, and I played it in the car with my dad, and his only comment about it was that that guy has a vibrato you can throw a chicken through. <laughs> that was all That's he had funny. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this, this is from the anime Most Dangerous Guys, which is like somewhat of a joke on this podcast now for being so horrible it's great. And we've done drinking games to it, so you can go back and listen to those. So it's We need to do another drinking game soon. This, yeah, we do. The show do. has no business having music this good. Oh, and all. No oh, and by the way, pretty much all the music from that show is good. Yeah, it's good. All right, I'm going to uh, do my first one. Go ahead and, uh, and play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this one's a little bit easier. Yeah, I think so. So that is Kiseki no Umi 
by Maya Sakamoto from Record of Lotus War Chronicles of the Heroic Knight. It is the opening theme song. Man, Maya Sakamoto has a lot of great music from that. She from does. Four or five years, and she was super active. Very good stuff. I think this, um, I, I don't love the show. I like the show, but I think this is the song really, really sets the tone for the entire series. Uh, and it's honestly, it is one of my favorite theme songs of all time. It's a beautiful theme song and I sort of feel the same way about this as, as, as we do about Geist that Record of Lost Wars has no business having a song this good right. because that anime is not that good. Yep. And similar to MD Geist all the music is pretty good in that show but this, yeah. this, this theme kind of stands head and shoulders above, uh, above I, I thought about this one when I was making my selections too also yeah. but I knew that someone else would pick it so I didn't bother. So yeah that was my first pick. That's Kiseki no Me. All right, it's time for my first pick. What's Chiaki going to pick? This is a hard one. I love this song. Titanic? It sounds like Titanic. I can see Leo's hair flapping in the breeze. This is actually a really good show also. This song I really like because I think, kind of as Cram was saying, it really sets a wonderful tone for the anime. This song is called Mizu no Madoromi, and it's from the anime Fantastic Children. Fantastic Children is an anime that came out in 2004 and ran until 2005. This is the ending theme, and it's by an artist called Origa, who is a Russian artist and actually is surprisingly prolific yep. in the anime industry. Who, who, who may or may not pop up again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> to exactly. my surprise. I'll talk about that later. But I really love this song for kind of the tone it sets. It kind of has, I feel like Lotos, like you feel like people are setting out on a journey or something when I hear this song. It doesn't really happen in this anime, but... Um, I don't know. But Fantastic Children is a show that never gets talked about, even though it's really great. So... I recommend that people go check it out. The, uh, the the twist towards the end will blow your socks off. I haven't seen it. It's on my list. This next one's super oh, easy. I love this song. This is actually not a theme song. You broke the rules? How dare you. I don't know this. Are there lyrics? Oh, yes, there are. There are lyrics, but I don't think she's. I don't think the girl's gonna sing in this particular version. She might. Really? But um. She should start singing here in like one or two. This more is beats. actually not a theme song. It's not an opening or a closing. It's it's merely background music for a show that has an absurdly good soundtrack, which is Dot Hack Sign. Yeah. And um, this uh, this song is written by Yuki Kajura. Here she goes. Oh, I like this. Yeah, who Yuki Kajura normally has really fantastic vocals in her songs, and because of that, she actually developed the musical group Kalafina, which performs most of the music that she writes. Kajura was basically like, I need some awesome vocalists. I'm going to make this happen. And um, she's actually really prolific in the anime industry and has been active every year. She's done music for lots of shows people know. 
Uh, Yuki Kajura has been involved with Noir, Le Portrait de Petite Cosette, Mahime, Tsubasa Chronicles, Fist of the North Star, Madoka Magica, Fate Zero, Sword Art Online, Good grief. Kata no Kyokai, Boogie Pop Phantom. Man, she's that's pro- a lot. And not done. She's produced 10 musicals and has 15 albums. So she's sort of uh, maybe Yoko Kano's rival, I guess. <laughs> Maybe you could say, but um, works hard. And like, Califina has their own massive list of credits that may not even go under her name. So, I I think a lot of them would go under her name. I'm pretty sure Califina is basically Kajura exclusive. That's great. I really like this. Cram this next song. I don't have any idea what this is. Well, I, I see it on my playlist here, but I, I don't know what it is. I love this song. Rock I it. love this song. Everybody get ready to rock out. Ready. Oh. Jackie's like headbanging everything. Yeah. I love this song. It's a great song. And she has, like, her hair is two feet long. Like, perfect. No one's guessed it yet. But I'm going to go ahead and reveal it. This song is The Techno Life by Uberworld from Bleach. It's the second opening to Bleach, which is another show that I'm kind of lukewarm on, but I think this is a great song. I've never really watched much of Bleach. I love this song. Well, Bleach probably has like 15 openings, so they're bound to have a couple that are good. So yeah, um, actually my wife turned me on to this song because she was a big Bleach fan and uh, this was on one of her playlists and she knew all the words to it and I just heard it all the time so it just grew on me. And then when uh, we ended up watching the show together at one point, uh, when it finally came up and became the new opening theme, I already knew it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is great. So yeah, I really like this song. Very catchy, very singable. Yeah, it's a nice rock song. Once you learn the lyrics, it's very, very catchy and singable. You ever, you ever sing this in karaoke, Cram? Uh, I have. I have before. We should sing this together. Let's do it. And I still think Chala Hedgehog is the best. It's yeah, that's also it's, a great uh, song. It's amazing. I wanted karaoke. to put it on my list. Spoilers: It's not on my list. So, kind of going on the same lines of having shonen shows inspire our lists. That's that's my hint. I know this song. So this is the song Bluebird by the band Iki Mono Gakari from the anime Naruto Shippuden and it's the third opening Naruto 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 What's this Naruto Um uh, the band is a a pop rock band from Kanagawa started in 2009 um they I don't know they have a bunch of albums I don't it's it's really weird I heard this song and I just Long on to it, and I've never actually watched like any Naruto. I have not seen. I have seen almost every single episode of the original Naruto. Really? And have no. And I've watched not a single minute of Naruto Shippuden. My my highlight of my time in Japan, or one of them, was when I was sitting in my bathtub. And oh, really? What were you doing? <laughs> taking a bath. Uh huh. <laughs> Relaxing, and. Uh, you know, Japanese houses have really thin walls, and I'm sitting in my bathtub, and there's a drunk man. The story just gets better and better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a drunk man 
stumbling down the street, presumably off one of the last trains. And he falls into your wall and busts through it and lands in your bathtub? Right at my titties. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. But what does happen is he's singing this song at the top of his lungs. Middle-aged Japanese businessman That's singing Naruto song. It just warms my heart to hear a drunk person walking down the road singing or whistling. I'm like, oh, there's a there's a glimmer of joy. <laughs> so That's good stuff. That was a good story. Thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. Cool story, bro. I thought for sure it was gonna end up with like a sexual assault or something. <laughs> no, no, no sexual assault. This next song that I have chosen is uh, a dead giveaway for me. And it's a song that many people know because it's very recent. And because it's awesome. Wait for it. Oh. Oh. Wait, wait, one more time, one more time. That's, that's nice. Oh, Cram's liking this. Yeah. He's got a big smile on his face. I think it's going to get crazy in a second. Wait, wait, wait for it. Give you a hint. This is a British band. A British band? Yeah, wait for it. Here it comes. I know this song. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's the sound of this podcast getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this song is Roundabout. Which is the closing theme to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And besides the fact that I love JoJo, this is a damn good song. It's like eight minutes long and it never quits. Oh yeah, this is, this is the perfect song where if you really want to just put something on and have it go, you know, you only need to repeat the song like what, like six times? And then you have an hour. So uh, Joe's Joe's Bizarre Adventure is an anime that came out about a year ago, and uh, the the sequel Stardust Crusaders is now airing. But we don't we have not yet heard the opening or the closing themes for the for the latest anime, which I'm really looking forward to. I think it's, I think it's the second episode comes out tomorrow, and we should be seeing the or hearing the theme song then. But uh, yeah, this 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 band, which is called Yes, is an English rock band which. Uh, has a very progressive, symphonic style of musical rock, and I would say that this song is very progressive. It kind of goes through its different phases, and um, this actually, this song "Roundabout" was actually written in 1972, and peaked at number 13 on the top 100 singles chart in the United States. I think, yeah, uh, if, if I'm, I don't know a whole lot about Yes, but if I'm not mistaken, Yes's biggest hit is arguably "Owner of a Lonely Heart." I think you guys know that song. Maybe if I heard it. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, yeah. It's a good song. Very nice. Good pick. Yeah, and uh, to my knowledge, this is the only song that this band has done for or, for, for anime. anime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they've been active for a long time. So, all right. Excellent. Good pick. Here comes my next one. I love this song. I'm so glad you picked it. Uh, you would. I'm totally outnumbered here.
So this song is called Kokodake no Hanashi by Chat Monkey from the anime Princess Jellyfish, which is a, is a pretty great show, as I said. Um, I think part of why I really like this song is because of the opening animation that comes with it. It's got lots of like references to different Western and Japanese kind of uh, nerdy uh, IP intellectual properties. There's a whole bit with Star Wars where they're riding in the Millennium Falcon, and it's just it just touches me in my in my geeky heart. Where does it touch you, Cram? Right, right here on the doll. Do you want me to show you on the doll? Yeah, show me on the doll where, where it touches you. Right here, right here, meets me. It touches me right here in my heart. So, okay. But yeah, I really enjoy this song. Uh, the ending theme to the show is is really good too, but not quite as good as this. That's Kokodake no Hanashi by Chatmonchi from Princess Jellyfish. Say bye, say bye, 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 bye. Bye-bye. Now we have a very different type of song than that one. My next song is, uh, I'm excited for it. Go ahead, play it, Mitsugi. Death battle here. Jackie really likes rock, actually. Jackie's the rocker shit. <laughs> this one do you i do someone else in the chat knew it also this song is wish by olivia from the anime nana it's the second opening to the anime nana and i completely went back and forth between the first opening and the second opening last night going eh, eh, like both of them. um but i went with this one because i like it if you Google Olivia, your first hits are a lesbian travel group wow. and a R&B singer in America, which neither of these is the band um, or the singer. Nana aired back in 2006 to 2007. It's a fantastic anime if you haven't watched it. The singer for this, what I think is actually cool, really cool about her, um, her name's Olivia Lufkin, and she's a halfling. She's half American, half Japanese. Halfling? That's what is this, like Harry Potter? Right! I like... I You're, think a it's cool. You're a mud hobbit? You're a mud mud. I wish I was a halfling. That would be cool. I, I think could a say halfling I'm a is halfling. like a hobbit. Yeah, I don't is know it? what she's doing. <laughs> she's <laughs> from the Shire. <laughs> now, now we're getting sued by a different group of people. <laughs> oh my All kinds of suing in this episode. Um, but the... The character who sings this in the show, because Nana's about um, bands and female musicians, is also half American, half Japanese. And it covers the stigma a little bit that, you know, if, if you're half American, you're cooler, you're a better singer, you're prettier, or whatever. And I think it's really cool that they actually found someone who that kind of meets in real life. Um, for her music in Nana, she went by the name Olivia Inspiriera from Trapnest, which is the band in Nana. But yeah, it's a really good song, and I like it. Okay, very nice. This next song, I don't think either of you have ever heard before. I'm going to throw that out there. Maybe. This is a show that came out like in 2003, maybe, and it's uh, I think was largely largely overlooked. So here it comes. Watch me surprise you, Mitsugi. 
No Brilliant Road by the artist Angela from Selvia of the Universe. A couple people in the chat knew this one. Anyway, so Angela is a band that's uh, two two women, Atsuko and Katsu, and they have been active for a long, long time. Angela is a band, they've been around since, since 1993, and they've been active since then. They've had a very recent anime involvement. The, some of the some of the very recent anime that, that they've done include Asura Cryin, Capellian, which we just finished reviewing, uh, Corpse Princess, Fafner, and Heroic Age aren't so new, but those are also Knights of Sidonia, which is currently airing. Really? Seito Kayakuin Domo, Shikabana Hime, Hakenden, and Valvrave the Liberator, and also others. The uh, this band is uh, well known because at least Katsu has sort of famous for her ability to play many, many different instruments. Kat- katsu? Like, like, Kushikatsu? Tonkatsu? That's her name. She's the guitarist. Atsuko is the singer, and Katsu plays the guitar and the keyboard and other things. Mm, I like Katsu. The most delicious guitar player ever. <laughs> I do love me some Katsu. Sounding good right, right by fried now. musicianship. Yeah, so their style is basically electronica and rock, which is kind of what you're hearing. And, yeah, this is a a pretty good anime style of the universe. It's a show about a space colony that tries to prevent the world from being destroyed by by solar radiation. So man, picky. They don't want the world to be destroyed. Oh, it was already destroyed once from the debris, or from. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm getting it backwards. The, the the solar radiation cooked the world, and and the debris is coming after because light travels faster than matter. So got it. The second wave. Anyway. So yeah, that's uh, Asuena Brilliant Road from Stelvia. Awesome pick. Uh, my next one is also from a English rock band. Yay! How about that? Let's fire it up. I don't know. I'm sorry, Pizza Geek. Here it goes. I know this song. This should be easy. I think this opening video too is astounding. Alright. So I'm sure everybody already knows this, but it's Falling Down by Oasis from Eden of the East. Uh, So Oasis, if you don't know, is an English rock band, and this song was on their 2008 studio album dig out your soul which is their seventh song. wow that sounds violent it does the, the album or the single cover is really really interesting um oasis had some hits in the 90s i believe and they continued to produce music maybe um, they're still together i don't even know i know one of the things that oasis is famous for is that they don't really get along. It's two brothers. <laughs> and they don't get along so well. Uh, no, actually, they're not together anymore. They split up in 2009. So I believe this was their last studio album. Oh, 
always wonder how these meeting goes, how these meeting go for like Western bands that get their music and anime. Like, because you know they gotta, the companies has gotta approach them and go, hey, we want to put your song in an anime. And like, can you imagine? Yes, be like, what? You want to do what to my song? <laughs> what is this show? Oiled pecs and man thongs. You, you've got to assume that yes, watched an episode of Yeah, Jojo. right? <laughs> You'd hope. Like, <laughs> I just would love to see those meetings. I don't think it would be as weird for Oasis to watch an episode of Eden of the East. I think they do that. Sure, why not? So, looks cool. We'll get royalties, right? But can you imagine those, those guys sitting down who maybe have never seen any anime ever and watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, uh... How much are you paying? Us? Okay. You mean every every character in this show is named after a rock band? What? Except JoJo's not. But most of the villains are. They're like Wham, ACDC, Cars. Well, unless you count Joe's Speedwagon. Unless you think JoJo is not tasted in JoJo. But I don't think that's what they were going for. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, Falling Down by Oasis from Eden of the East. Also a good song from a good anime, but I didn't really appreciate the way that they made people that follow that show consume the end of it in a bunch of movies that came out like two years later. I still haven't Terrible. seen the movies. This is a travesty. I saw one of them and then I realized I still didn't care. Yeah. Wow, Chiaki's heartless. <laughs> so my next song probably isn't that much of a surprise and most people should get this one. But uh, it's good to have a mech show on there. And Kimiko and I uh, sung this together in cosplay. You can find that video on YouTube, actually. Yeah. Um, Should people find it on YouTube, though? I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about it? I'm, I'm okay with You're it. Okay with it? I'm okay. okay with it. Go hunt it down, people. So this is uh, Lion from Macross Frontier by the artist Mayan. And actually, it's a duet. So it's Mayan and uh, I just totally blanked. I used to know the girl's. I used to know the girl's name, but she hasn't done much. Megumi Nakajima, I think. I think that's it. She hasn't. She hasn't. She hasn't done much since then, so I'm pretty sure that's it. Now I'm going to to consult my iPod. Not like I have a ton of anime music or anything. Um, she also the duet. The other girl also did the song Triangular, which is awesome. Yeah, and she's done. She's done a couple other songs for for Macross also, and she's done it. She's done. She's had some involvement in anime since Macross came out. No, it was Maya Sakamoto. No. I'll really? look it up for you while you... Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> okay. While we, while we argue about it. While we argue about it. <laughs> Who's playing Sakamoto? <laughs> um, so, at least the lead of this, and the voice for Cheryl known for the anime Macross Frontier, is Man. And this song is fantastic, and I love it. I don't really have much else to say for it other than it partly holds a special place in my This is one of your uh, karaoke Nakajima. Oh, okay. My iPod lies. uh, Karaoke go-to. Oh, yeah. It is. I love this song. So, yeah. Very cool. Good pick. Thank you.
Mitsuki, you're up. Then a little older anime here, and this I love this song because it's sort of like a bebop esque jazz brass jazz band uh, type of uh, music, and it's I think it's really great. Probably nobody's watched this anime, and I don't blame them, but. First one, I don't know. Sounds old. Yeah, maybe it's from the 90s, I guess. This is a classic show, though. Is it? Anyway, this song is. It's called, the song is called Gunsmith Cats, and it's also from the anime Gunsmith Cats. The The song is written by Peter Erskine. I don't know him. Peter Erskine. He is a drummer, jazz drummer, and composer who lives in Los Angeles. And I looked it up, and he's only done music for one anime, and that's this one. So I don't know how he, how he came about ending up... Uh, being involved in Gunsmith Cats, which is, which is a three-episode OVA about two girls who run a weapons shop and they do like odd job stuff. And, but he's he's been really active. He's done 18 18 jazz albums, and you know, he's 60 years old, living in Los Angeles. So jazz isn't as big an anime as it used to be. I think the most recent jazzy anime we got, other than uh, Kids on the Slope, had a bit of a jazz flair to it. I mean, Yoko Kano. But uh, Bacano, Bacano was Bacano. straight jazzy. But well, speaking of jazzy, uh, the, the next one up that I picked is a little bit jazzy, actually, more big bandy, but. <laughs> So I I would be surprised if anybody knew what this was. The picture looks like Lupin. Even yes. though it is pretty recent. Yes, it is the most recent thing on my list, and it is Ron Tiki by Yukino from the show Bakumatsu Jinden Doma. I guess that's why it looks like Lupin. That's right. And all of the music in this show is kind of that jazz big band kind of thing. And I think this is a great opening theme song, even though the show is just kind of... I really I like the vocalist's voice, though. I think I gave it a three, two and a half or three. Something you didn't like, like it very much. It was okay. what it was. I mean, good for a show based on a, a pachinko game. Yeah, the, the chat seems to have similar thoughts as they're calling it that thief anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That show that's not quite loop on. But, but kind of like But I do like this song. But, uh, the, the ending theme is also pretty good, but this one... This one is on, uh, on frequent rotation uh, in, my, in my anime playlist on my iPod. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really grown on me, you know, the, the show that it comes from. Is, eh, less, than, less than perfect, I can say. But, uh, yeah, I, I would actually uh, recommend that anyone who likes this just go look up the soundtrack of the whole show. The whole show is music really, really similar to this. That's a big Yep, that was Rantiki by Yukino from Bakamatsu Gijinden Doma. 
One more for Chiaki. One more. And this song is very distinct and I expect and not that old, so I expect a lot of people to get it. You should know it just by that. Yep. Chalky Chalky oh, threw in a bunch of softballs here. is by the same artist who, as my first song, Mizuno Maduromi, um, and that is Origa. So I was very surprised about that. Um, this song is written in Russian, English, and Latin. Um, it's from the anime Ghost Michelle Standalone Complex. It's the first opening. The lyrics were written by Origa and Shanti Snyder um, in Russian, English, and Latin. And but the music was composed by Yokohama. So she was a producer, songwriter, I guess. Yeah. So either way, this is a fantastic song. And again, that kind of setting the tone. You can just listen to this song and get a feeling right from it. So you mean to tell me that we only picked one Yokohama song? Well, and yeah, it's not, it's, and it's kind of, kind of not even Yoko Kano. It's a half Yoko Kano. She wrote the music. So half of one. Half of one point five. I think it'd be unfair if we if we really thought about it. And we were really honest. I think basically all of our choices oh, would be all Yoko Kano yeah. songs. So uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But a lot of them. But a lot be. of them. Yeah. Maybe half of them. Um. So I believe Mitsugi and I both uh, did something a little bit different. Yeah. We um we also included dishonorable mentions. Before before you guys get into that one, while we're mm. still on the good happy oh, okay. feeling, I have two that didn't make the list but wanted to make the list. We don't have music for them, but okay. I just want to shout shout them out. Hemisphere by Maya Sakamoto from Razafon. It's are, the first. Are, are you opening. sure it's Maya Sakamoto? <laughs> Everything seems to be my Maya Sakamoto today. Wow, I get one thing wrong. Chala Hechala just... by Maya Sakamoto. Chala Hechala <laughs> Roundabout by Maya Sakamoto. Rock the Dragon by Maya Sakamoto. <laughs> God, you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Yep, thank yep, yeah. Okay, and the other one is? The other song is Lacrimosa by Calafina from Black Butler. It's the second ending. And the reason why I didn't put these on my list was because we already talked about Maya Sakamoto and we already talked about Calafina, but we actually I love them. We actually have a pretty long list of honorable mentions, including yeah. the aforementioned Tank and Real Folk Blues. Uh, I didn't add this, but I agree with it. Ride on Shooting Star from Kuli Kuli. That's a good song also. Uh, connect from Madoka Magica Yakusoku wa Iranai, who, mm. which is Maya Sakamoto <laughs> from uh, from Escaflone. Which I think Yoko Kano also wrote the music, maybe. Yeah, I, I know that she, she she produced all of the music in the show. So maybe maybe she did the maybe music she did for the that opening. Too. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Chala Head Chala is on here. Kimisai Ireba, which I added. It's the ending. Don't kill me. It's the ending from Love Hina, which I think is a really great song. Cram, what are you so doing? I'm sorry. Uh, Let Me Be With You, which was actually on my list before, my actual list, and then I remembered the song from Princess Jellyfish and had to change it out, but I think that's a great song. That's from Chobits. Zitsubo Billy and What's Up People, which are so, both songs by Maximum the Hormone from Death Note. I think those are pretty great songs. I like mm. that band a lot. 
and then um, <laughs> a bunch of Gundam Wing songs, White Reflection, Rhythm Emotion, and Just Communication. Rhythm Emotion, Just Communication almost ended up on my list. Yep. Um, nostalgia picks for me, definitely. Uh, but let's get into our dishonorable mentions. Um, yeah. So basically, this, these are songs that are absolutely awful, that are from shows that are great and deserve to have good openings, even though, the sh- you know, that's not really what happened. Mm. So, you know, it's the opposite of having a uh, a great opening to a terrible show. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so here's my first one. It's pretty recognizable, and I think most people will agree that this song is pretty bad. Judge of Mitsugi is now in session. <laughs> This whole song is incredibly amelodic. Nothing there. Well, it sure is a song. Oh, it sure is. Just sing some notes into a microphone, lady. It sounds like a bunch of kids just like screwing around on guitar band, like a garage band or something. <laughs> Anyway, this is the song, it's called Grain, from the anime Monster, and the artist is Kuniaki Haishima. So I apologize to you, but I did not appreciate this song song very much. It doesn't, I don't think it sets the tone for the show very well. I know what it's it's going for, but it just doesn't. I skipped this song. I skipped this one every time I watched every episode of this anime. (laughs) And you have one. I do. My dishonorable mention goes for the same kind of thing. Great show, terrible theme song. This song's even worse than the last one. Yeah, I agree. This song's so bad, it makes me want to... The guitar riff. Oh, the guitar riff is terrible. Here it comes. This sounds really happy. Are we, like, going to school or a sporting event? Oh, yeah, the happiest anime ever. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're getting our bags. We're getting our basketball. Not only is the song itself bad, but it's so... Let's just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Plus it's in English, so it's impossible to understand what they're saying. Yeah, I, I think it's a terrible mismatch for the show. I think the song itself is terrible. I think there's nothing redeemable about this. And that guitar riff is so bad. If you don't know this, you're going to go, what, when you hear the show it's from? So this this is the song, Tell Me Why, by Pen Pals from the anime Berserk. Berserk. It sounds like a dark, violent anime. Well, it makes me want to get violent, so... If that's what they're going for, it works because Can't I just, you just see people just mutilating each table. other to this song? <laughs> do oh, we do so we want to go through our list really quick and just say maybe just the title and then the anime? Sure. Quick summary. Okay, so go. my songs were starting from the top, Violence of the Flame from MD Geist, Fake Wings from Dot Hack Sign, Roundabout from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, 
Asue no Brilliant Road from Stelvi of the Universe, and Gunsmith Cats from the anime Gunsmith Cats. Mine were Kiseki no Umi from Record of Lotus War Chronicles of the Heroic Knight, D Techno Life from Bleach, Kokodake no Hanashi from Princess, Princess Jellyfish, Falling Down from Eden of the East, and Rantiki from Bakumatsu Gijin Den Roman. And my dishonorable mention was Tell Me Why <laughs> from Berserk. <laughs> my list was Mizu no Madoromi from Fantastic Children, Bluebird from Naruto Shippuden, Wish from Nana, Lion from Across Frontier, and Inner Universe from Ghost in the Shell, and Hemisphere from Razafon, and Lacrimosa from Black Butler almost made my list. So we are going to jump into an anime news break, and when we get back, we're going to be getting into our review of Samurai Flamenco. But before that, or during the break, rather, uh, we will have a poll question, which is, which host had the best anime theme song list? Was it Mitsugi, or Chiaki, or was it Mikram, or they all sucked? So please vote in that, and we'll see you after the news break. you anime addicts this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break first up for those of you who don't live in Japan you may be asking yourself why this is news but it's rather interesting on the effects it could have of the anime industry coming soon in Japan there will be a tax increase one of the first since 1997 that's going to start on April 1st that will raise taxes from 5 to 8 percent now, many retailers are worried about how this tax increase will, will affect consumer spending. One such industry is the gacha pawn industry. Those machines that you put the coins into spin the wheel and get a prize out of. Gacha pawn are normally sold in 100 yen increments because Japanese have a nice 100 yen coin. So they came up with a creative solution as to how to account for this 5 to 8% tax increase. The new Gachapon prices will be $3 to $5, but the toys will be bigger instead of the spherical balls. They'll be sold in can-shaped cases. Now these they hope that will add value and it might affect you with regards to what products are on the market. In other news, animation studio A1 Pictures has produced a special Tokiwa Meguru Tokyo Station or Time Flows Tokyo Station to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Tokyo Station City train station. A 30-second promotional video is currently streaming and features the theme song Tokiwa Meguru, or Time Flows, by Yu Sakai, who also did work in Nodami, Nodame Cantibuye finale. The full-length anime will premiere in the spring, but you can find this little blurb on YouTube. In other news, for those of you who are fans of Magical Girls, the official website for the Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha has recently announced that three of the franchise's television series will get their first Blu-ray release. The first Magical Lyrical Nanaha series will be shipping on October 1st, Nanaha A's on November 5th, and Nanaha Strikers on December 3rd. So for those of you who are fans of this anime franchise, this is a great opportunity for you to own it in the high-def glory that it's always deserved. Speaking of owning anime things, the Good Smile Company is currently taking pre-orders for several new Nenroid figures, and amongst them are Kill the Kill's Yuko Matoi and Miss Monochrome. 
Kill a Kill is, of course, an incredibly popular series this current season, and the Nenroids are very cute. Each Nenroid comes with three different facial expressions, alternate hand parts, a guitar case, and alternate eye parts for Senkitsu. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. And welcome back to the 222nd session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We're going to get into our review of Samurai Flamenco, but first we have a uh, have the poll results. The question was, which host had the best anime theme song list? Can you give us the results, Mitsugi? So with 48% of the votes, Chiaki has won the poll. Wow! And I come in last. Oh, no. Oh. But 10% of people... Well, not, not really last. You came in. I came in third. You came in third. The last was... 10, 10% of people said that all of ours suck. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. How nice to you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. I guess. I, I love the continual support from our listeners. Let's jump into this review. Of it's going to be something. Video. It will. It'll be interesting. Uh, this is one that um, I think a lot of people are torn about. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think about it. Or I guess, Chiaki, did you watch it? I've seen bits and pieces from hanging out with you guys. Mm. Um, but I didn't sincerely sit down and watch it. So I'd say maybe I've seen like a cumulative seven episodes completely okay. and then handful of other things from here and there. Alrighty then. Uh, so Samurai Flamenco. This review has got to be broken down into three parts. I, I think it clearly has three phases of the anime. That's fine. So let's go over the vital stats of the show. All right, let's do remember. that. Uh, Samurai Flamenco is a show produced by Studio Manglobe. Uh, I'm I, I'm not really familiar with Manglobe as a studio. Are you? I'm not. Never heard of them. It looks like well, it looks like they did Samurai Champloo. Well, they've done some stuff yeah. and Ergo Proxy and the Sacred Blacksmith House of Five Leaves, uh, the World God Only Knows. They've got some uh, uh, Hayate the Combat Butler. Yeah. Zetai Karen Children. They've done uh, quite a bit of stuff that's uh, relatively high profile, um, but I I was not familiar with them by name until watching the show. Uh, let's see. The director of the show was Takahiro Omori, and he was also the director on, what has he done? Hyper Police, Power Stone, <laughs> the anime. Do you remember that based on the, the Dreamcast fighting game Oh, series? I do. I do remember it not oh, being very I good. I loved Power Stone. I did too. I did too. That was, uh, well, I didn't like the show. I liked well, the game. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Um, he also did Koikaze and Gaku and Alice, Hellgirl, Bakano, uh, Dudarada, Kurage Hime, uh, which is uh, Princess Jellyfish. He's, he's uh, kind of a big deal. I don't know that Samurai Flamenco is like any other show that he's done. That, period. Um, yeah, I yeah I think you'd be right about that. It's got very interesting goals. Uh, and very it, interesting. It was written by Hideyuki Kudata, who is a novelist. He's he's written some some novels, uh, most of which look like novelized adaptations of anime, like Read or Die, uh, El Hazard, and uh, and as an anime scriptwriter. And uh, manga writer, he's done Magical Girl, Pretty Sammy, of course, El Hazard, again, uh, Excel Saga, 
now and then here and there uh he uh, read or die the tv he's done he's a good writer he's done a lot of really good stuff uh kamichu which is kind of a cute show um so let's get into the synopsis of the show so this show is about a male model by the name of masayoshi hazama who is a huge fan of super sentai shows from childhood uh you might even call him an otaku I guess of that specific kind of niche and he decides to become a superhero. He's so uh, kind of dedicated to, uh, to his fandom that uh, he becomes inspired to, to put together kind of his own slapdash costume and go out and, uh, and it, administer his own brand of justice it's a, it, at first glance the this anime is very similar to uh, kick-ass the movie it sort is. of people were drawing comparisons to that you know it's a normal guy who just puts on a suit and goes out and does pe- solves petty crime like jaywalking or littering mm-hmm. um so that's what that's the f- this is what we're talking about right now is sort of the first six episodes of the anime yep. most of the first six i can summarize this anime's three phases from what I watched over your shoulder <laughs> as normal dude in a costume. Where did all these people and aliens come from? No homo. Wow. <laughs> That's my summary of the three phases of this anime. We're, get, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but that's uh, I think that's a little accurate. Sure. So he um, he is discovered one night after a, a, a defeat um, in his uh, in his mission for justice, uh, naked in an alley. Yeah, he gets his butt. No kicked. homo. No. <laughs> and he's discovered by police officer Hidenori Goto. Um, and uh, who become whom who they become friends, good friends. Yeah, they become good no friends. Homo. He 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 kind of uh, becomes aware of Hazama's uh, uh, adventures. You know, trying to be a crime fighter, if you will. And uh, he doesn't. Even though Hazama is practicing what some would consider to be vigilantism, um, it's such a light form of vigilantism that I guess Goto doesn't feel the need to, to I guess prosecute or arrest him. I think his coworkers sort of the you know his his police associates kind of disagree though because there's a lot of people complaining about Hazama going around and being crazy and doing what they perceive to be an illegal activity. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, they become friends over the course of the first handful of episodes and spend lots of nights together in their apartment at night mm. eating food and definitely nothing that would be, you know, sexually explicit watching TV. So this is basically how the show starts. Is <laughs> Graham just kind of just brushed right over that comment. I, I did. I did. I'm not going to pay attention to it at all. Um, uh, this is, is how the show starts, uh, their relationship and uh, kind of Goto becomes kind of a, his confidant, I guess. Uh, yeah, some guy, a friend he can talk to. Friend he can talk to about the, the things that he's doing and the things that he's going through, and it becomes pretty clear early on that Hazama doesn't care about his day job as a as a male model. It's kind of a means to his end, and the end is uh, you know moonlighting as a superhero. His now, manager cares. His manager cares. She doesn't like that he does what he does. I don't, I don't think, actually. She, she doesn't, doesn't know at first. L- l- later, she claims that she knew from the start. Right. But she claims that. She but. claims that. But uh, she's, she's she's kind of a hard ass. I don't think you guys have said yet, and, and maybe it's early mm. in the series, but it's called Samurai Flamenco because that's his kind of Sentai superhero name. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, he is. The, so. the name of his superhero persona is Samurai Flamenco. And his, his outfit is very red. 
It, there's lots of red he wears. His first costume uh, is like a bicycle helmet with a yeah. scarf and ski goggles, I think, like a ski mask type of thing. Yeah, whatever he can throw together yeah. in his, from his apartment, I guess. But uh, um, Like I said, slapdash, kind of just thrown together. Hazama, red. Hazama gets his drive for superheroism from his grandfather, whom I guess mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, you know, instilled upon him that sort of passion from a from a young age, and he has introduced him to the shows that he watched as a kid, I believe. Yeah, too. and he he has figures and things all over his apartment of all the superhero shows that he's watched, and that's a large part of what him and Goto do in for the first six or seven episodes of this anime as they become friends, and uh, and Hazama continues to sort of gain notoriety on the internet by being captured on several viral videos, solving you know jaywalking crimes or some guy like stole an umbrella and he chases down the guy punks in the park you know bullying somebody um and i think that his method of operation is is interesting at the beginning of the show because uh it would be hard to say that he is practicing vigilantism at the beginning um because he chases down criminals on a bicycle and he won't jaywalk himself in pursuit of these criminals he stops at every red light he follows every conceivable traffic law and, you know, just any law that he might accidentally break, however small. Uh, he avoids breaking those laws to capture the people that he captures. And he doesn't capture anybody when he approaches them. He gives them a stern talking to with a wag of his finger and says, you can't do this and I'm delivering justice and this is how I do it. So I think it's a very interesting um, uh, alternative to the Western idea of what a, a superhero would do in that. You know, there's there's Batman. There's, yeah, there's that contradiction um, in Western superhero tales that you know, in order to uphold the law, they kind of have to break the law. Like Batman, like driving his Batmobile, thing, exactly. His Bat tank through the streets, destroying millions of dollars of property. Exactly. And uh, Hazama's very looks like an old woman. Um, interesting. Okay, I need to go out. Apparently, Sunday afternoons are a busy day at the Cram household. That that woman just kept going straight down the street. She didn't stop at all. There's no one out there. She kept going. She she was it was an auto botch on with one of those crooked backs that has to stare at the ground, pushing a cart, pushing a thing of boxes or something. I saw her. She's gone. Maybe maybe that was her excitement. Ring the foreigner's doorbell and run. The next time that happens, I'm carrying our equipment out on your porch, and we're gonna we're gonna drive drive that person into the podcast. <laughs> gonna interview him. What was I talking about? <laughs> I don't know, but the first the first six episodes of this show have a very strong resemblance to Kick Ass, whereas then you have a, a a a normal person that's trying to solve crimes at night, you know, and quote unquote being a vigilante and gains notoriety through the internet. I think Kick Ass also gets becomes famous because of the news, mm-hmm. and so. That was the very comparison that was made about this show for the first six and a half episodes. But this anime takes a very abrupt turn on episode seven, which is where the show sort of started to lose me as a viewer. I do Aliens. Admit. No, it wasn't an alien. Not initially. It wasn't an alien. It was a. It was a gorilla who was dealing drugs with a guillotine in his stomach. Well, he wasn't a gorilla before. He, turned, he was a man. He was a man. And then he was. they were doing a drug bust or something, and he turns into this gorilla monster with a guillotine in his stomach who, I think, decapitates somebody and then jumps out a window and lands on a car and then runs away. Yes. Thus so, starts the second uh, part of the show. Um, 
I think the three parts that Chiaki was referring to before, uh, and I, I believe uh, Mitsuki wanted to do it this way, um, is that the, the show starts and everything seems to be almost slice of life-ish. Very slice of life. How Hazama goes about his day-to-day life and moon, moonlights as Samurai Flamenco. Uh, and then once this happens, once this big event happens where this guy turns into a, a gorilla with a guillotine and decapitates this guy, it starts uh, what I guess you could call the, the King Torture arc. I guess, King Torture. So, I mean, I have heard people criticize this show for its writing, for not giving any sort of foreshadowing at all mm. before this happened. To me, it was a show that was strictly slice of life and had no indication whatsoever of being anything other than that. And it just takes this... It, it it sort of betrays the viewer for completely shattering your expectations about what the show are without any kind of build-up or lead-in at all, not even a glint of a hint about it. And just a very jarring event that I think that a lot of people online were talking about really upset a lot of people when they were watching sure. it. And then subsequently, the show sort of continues to flip-flop back and forth on what it wants to do throughout the middle of the show which is why I also think maybe the writing has some problems, but we're going to get to that. So uh, throughout the King Torture arc, um, Hazama, Samurai Flamenco, uh, learns that the, the person orchestrating this th- these crazy events where these kind of uh, monsters, I guess they're mo- they are monsters. They're really goofy monsters. Yeah. One of them's like a one of them's like a giant tube of lipstick. Yeah, they're. I mean, it's pretty clear that yeah. the writer doesn't care what the monsters are. He just wants it to look like a Sentai. Show. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Like it's it's definitely uh, absurdist. And when Hazama ends up finding um, this King King Torture character and realizes that he's orchestrating all of these crazy events, uh, then we kind of understand that King Torture, through some dialogue. Uh, is kind of the antithesis to uh, Samurai Flamenco, where Samurai Flamenco was in- inspired by the heroism in uh, in the heroes that he watched as a child. King Torture was kind of the same way, but he ended up being inspired by the villains and the chaos and, and all of that. So if you've ever seen the, the film Unbreakable, uh, it's kind of a similar dichotomy that the main character and the antagonist in that film have in that... Uh, the antagonist is uh, a person who grew up um, with a, a rare degenerative disease of the bones where his bones could break easily. And he thought that if someone like me exists that's so fragile and weak, there must be an opposite end of the spectrum. And his, you know, he, his search ends in finding someone who is, you know, as the title suggests, unbreakable. I think that that dichotomy is played um, equally as well in Samurai Flamenco. Um, in in King Torture, in how he is equally inspired uh, to do the things that he does, just as Hazama is to do the things he does, but at the other end of the spectrum. And I think that that's uh, that's what the show was going for in in, in, it, in its examination of that dichotomy. So the criticism that I read was that the show goes from being a slice of life to being clearly what I thought was a Sentai, like the take on Sentai mm-hmm. with. You have a hero who's going around fighting these outlandish monsters who even goes so far as like exploding when you defeat them, which I think is yep. very Sentai. And then King Torture comes in, and he and he takes us back to what is very more of a realistic thing, which is kidnapping and torturing people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you kind of step into the Sentai realm, and then it brings it back down again to more of a, know, a ground level. Yeah. And then after that, it goes right back up to craziness. Yeah. Because it goes from Sentai fighting to essentially Power Rangers in a 
it shifts gears again and you it, full on with all the different colors with the girl even being the pink ranger and metazorgs yeah, or whatever and underground bases and all this stuff and i just i didn't know where the show what the show wanted to wanted to be or where it wanted to go because it just kept going up and down up and down all through the middle section and then down again when it hits the third section of the show mm-hmm. at about episode 19 maybe yeah. i don't think you guys mentioned yet but he gets kind of a, a sort of team yeah he gets some other girls that team up with him. And we didn't even and talk about the girls. Yeah, the and the one of the girls ends up getting captured and tortured by King Torture. Um, but uh, the third Kinky? Th- there Kinky? are three girls. What are their names? Mo- uh, Moe, Mommy, and something else. I can't remember their names. But they're a they're a pop group. They're a, a three girl pop group. Mari. Mari is one. They're of them. all really hot. I know that. <laughs> I know that one of the girls likes to stomp people in the balls after she uh, beats them up. Stomp them in the nuts. Stomp, stomp them in the nuts. So they become their own sort of flamenco heroes, uh, and they they do basically the same thing that Hazama does, but their motivations for doing it are totally different. They're interested in the fame that comes with it. They're interested in being uh, this well-known, well-respected superhero group that uh, is a, are, are pop stars by day and superheroes by night, whereas Hazama is, has a very kind of earnest, respectable, uh, I want to be a hero because I believe in justice and I'm inspired by these ideals that I learned from these shows as a child. And uh, yeah, Icy Rose in the chat said Mari, Maya, and Moe. Those are that's, those are the girls' names. One of the girls gets captured and tortured by King Torture, and Hazama uh, ends up approaching uh, and confronting King Torture when he comes to save her. How is that handled? I mean, it's being, very dark. Being very captured dark. and tortured is pretty, and that's the pro- intense. And, and, th- and that's what my problem was because it's very dark, and the and the sort of Sentai superhero stuff that comes before that is not dark. Mm. It's very light, like oh. We're going to be attacked by a guy that looks like a giant cucumber and he's going to explode and giggle when we beat him. And it's, I don't know. That's one of the few reasons why I, why the show sort of, uh, you know, didn't hit, didn't hit it with me. I know that's a criticism from you, but do you, do you feel like the show was trying to be serious or do you think it's intentionally making fun of those tropes? I have a couple of different opinions on what the show is about, mm-hmm. but I sort of don't want to reveal what I think the whole thing might be until the end. But I thought it was just a guy trying to sort of have fun with the genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he covers so many different types of things in the scope of the of the middle twelve episodes, from Sentai to whatever you call Power Rangers, to aliens. Yeah, well, there's, touches on there's so many the, different things. There's the tokusatsu. They're all tokusatsu, but then there's, you know, the the solo hero, and then there's the Super Sentai group, the team, which is like Power Rangers. So it's like the difference between, say, uh, Kamen Rider and the Power Rangers. I mean, I viewed it as sort of an, an analysis on tokusatsu and Sentai, and the problem for me was that I don't care about either of those things mm-hmm. i haven't watched anything that's tokusatsu or sentai since i was like six when power rangers first became popular in the states and i watched like one episode of it mm-hmm. and you only watch one episode of power rangers? yeah maybe i, I mentioned this wow. before that i think i played more of the power rangers fighting video game than i did of watching the show <laughs> i like that and game. I, I was watching a serious anime in the beginning and when just ridiculous things started happening like lipstick monsters and gorillas that talk and all this stuff it just lost me because I wasn't wasn't prepared for that, and I don't 
I don't care for that in my anime period. Mm-hmm. I don't like goofy anime and silly anime, and I don't like Sentai and Tokusatsu. So for me, it just totally lost me in the middle. I actually like the end of the show. So, because it's more like the beginning. Because it goes back to the beginning again. Right. So you, you never found yourself readjusted or recentered to the show's new status quo that it establishes after episode seven and then subsequently does it again when the, the Power Rangers style group, the the Flamingers, so to speak, the that they basically do the Power Rangers and they even have the mechs and everything. And The show gets more and more ridiculous with, with, without explanation at all. I mean... We go from King Torture to another group that's mm-hmm. planting like giant bombs in Mount Fuji and all this stuff, and it just it just makes shifts to all these different phases. And to me, it just totally lost me because it just be getting more and more ridiculous without explanation. It didn't seem very cohesive to me. And to me, my excuse for that was that I just thought it, I just thought you had to be a fan of the genre to enjoy the anime. And maybe that's true. I don't know, but but. It totally missed the mark with me. So after the King Torture stuff, the show kind of resets into a new phase where they they start putting together the Flamingers team. Right. And it's five different characters who all have the different color. And there's even a moment when they're arguing about who's going to be red because red is traditionally the leader. And they all are promised that they are going to be red. And uh, eventually, of course, uh, Hazama ends up being the red ranger i think every color on the team which is it's very typical right you have Mm -hmm. what is it blue it's green red blue black and pink Mm -hmm. and they all sort of fit the mold that that those traditional colors meet you had like the the blue guy is sort of the second hero that wants to be the main hero but he's not then you have the girl who's the pink one then you have like the smart guy and then like the cool darker guy who i think is the black one yeah and they're they all are clearly takes on the soup on the I don't even know which took on, on on the Tokusatsu genre. Yeah, Super Sentai team. Super Sentai team. Yeah, Rangers, Rangers. I think is they, they even call them that in Japan. So, so Sentai Rangers type shows. Right. So, um, once that starts, there's a new threat, and the threat is now called uh, Beyond Flamenco. Right. Beyond so, Flamenco. So now the bad guys are also called Flamenco, and now we've got the heroes and the bad guys are sharing a name. This this moniker. And they're fr- they're from the from beyond or, yes, the villains from beyond. Yeah, from beyond the villains are. Yeah, from beyond, and then um, and once once they get past that section of the show where things escalate to a ridiculous point, and there's this whole. This whole thing about a drill, them drilling into Mount Fuji and trying to make Mount Fuji erupt so that they can destroy Japan and the Flamingers have to team up and, and, and fight the bad guy and win. And then the show resets again to uh, to a point that they start this alien Flaminger arc. Yeah. Where it, it, it ends up becoming about something else entirely. And each time the show resets, there's about a, an episode or so where they have to kind of redo everything. And they have to reset up all of their stakes. They have to reset up where the show is, is pointing and what the show is talking about. And I I liked how the show kept changing. I liked how the show wasn't ever just one thing because it had a lot of things that it wanted to say. Maybe too many things that it wanted to say. And even for a two-core show, I think that they said uh, quite a lot. Well, it moves very quickly. Yes, very, very quickly. Um, and it's never boring. Like it, there's always something interesting happen happening. I was bored. 
You were bored? Completely bored. Absolutely. Did you, did, did you just not engage with it? Did you just not check engaged out? at all? Okay. I mean, when, I mean, when this ridiculous stuff started happening, that didn't even feel like it fit, fit in the anime that I had sort of built up in my mind. Mm. I just stopped caring. I mean, and it got, I think I was still there through King Torture. But but then when they shifted gears again to the super sent to the super sentai team, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is just, I don't know what they're trying to do, and it's just totally out of, just spiraling out of control, and it continues to do so until they reel it back in. But I don't know, it didn't it didn't hit it with me at all. So through, I would say that each section of the show, every time it resets its themes change. The thing that it's examining changes because the whole show, when it's all said and done, is about, it's an examination of this idea of heroism from perhaps the most varied and thorough angles that I've ever encountered in any kind of contemporary superhero fiction. Can you run through it? All the different things that it's examining? Well, I don't... I can, I can, I can do a, a kind of a rough list of, of some of the things that it examines, but it certainly starts with this idea of uh, heroism and vigilantism and examining uh, what is right and what is wrong in the most basic possible way. And it kind of escalates and examines the concept of heroism and morality and what the opposite of that would be. And, and that's all the King, King Torture stuff and the dichotomy between good and evil. And um, it, even from the beginning, it's it's kind of obvious that the show has something to say about wish fulfillment and uh, it really kind of brings that to a head at the end of the alien Flaminger or the alien Flamenco arc when he encounters this being that is what, what's it called? The, I know they end up on the moon. I don't know. Yeah. He teleports him to the moon. He encounters this being that's like the voice of the universe, basically, and it tells him that there is a word, and when you say this word, that there is a a very slight chance that your wish will come true, and the word that you say is flamenco, flamenco. right? One in a like a hundred billion or something. And then you realize that he's said flamenco so many times throughout the show. Like it's just constantly coming out of his mouth because every time he, he enters a new conflict, he introduces himself and he does the poses and he does all these things. He basically follows the tropes of this type of superhero. So all of these wishes are coming true and you real. Oh my God. Three times. (laughs) Bing bong. Oh man. This time. God, this old sun-beaten man, he's like, his face looks like a piece of leather that someone, like, sat on and drove their car oh over on. Oh, God, be nice. You're awful, Mitsuki. <laughs> well, <laughs> these retired people in Japan, all they have to talk about is garbage collection. And lawn work. And lawn work. Lawn work. It's ridiculous. What, old, what, are, what do old retired people in the West do? Play the, cards, play bridge. Play cards, watch sports, go fishing. Water aerobics. Water aerobics. <laughs> what? <laughs> My grandma likes This old man, aerobics. what is he doing? What the hell does he want? Now he's still there. Now he's like making these crazy arm gestures. Do you know that you have more foreigners in your house? Do you know that your yard is like two centimeters too long for to meet the standards of our neighborhood? <laughs> Let me come out and cut your lawn with scissors. <laughs> did, did you know that you had one speck of aluminum foil in the garbage collection that was intended for plastic? Did you know that on every third Sunday of every third month of the year, we collect glass bottles one time, and if you don't meet that day, you must wait one year before you can recycle your <laughs> glass bottles. 
And if you don't recycle them on that day, you must pay 500 yen and drive one hour to go to the recycling plant where they berate you with lots of rules and procedures. And Chad wants to know that guy was trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. Nope. What did he want? Here we go. You ready for this? Okay. I was already, I was already making lots of sarcastic jokes about what he said. And if, you, and if you say what I was saying in here, I'm going to laugh my ass off. No shit. He came to tell me that my bushes were too long. Oh we my got god! It. And I asked him, "Are you with the city? Are, are you are you are you are you with the city or anything?" And he was like, "No, no, 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 no." And I was like, "So what's the problem?" He's like, "Well, if you don't cut them, they're going to get too long." And I'm like, "Okay, are are you with the city?" He's like, "No, no, no." And I say, "Well, why don't we call the police and see if there's a problem?" And he's like, "No, that's there's no need for that." You didn't say up. that. Yeah, and he walked away. Wow, unbelievable! What in the hell? Your bushes, like that thing right there, the thing sticking up. Yeah. Is that a bush? It looks more like a tree. Whatever. Whatever it is. Well, now that the old man has interrupted our podcast, I have no <laughs> idea what we were talking about. Do they ever have an arc in Samurai Flamenco about bushes being too long? Does no, he, nothing like that. Does he go and be an evangelist for that? Uh, Samurai Flamenco ends up examining a lot of things. Like I said, uh, it examines uh, vigilantism and the concept of vigilantism. And all of it's very rooted in moralism and... Uh, you know, it goes on to examine the dichotomy of what we consider good to what we consider evil and, you know, how King Torture represents what the uh, the opposite of uh, Masayoshi is. Um, and then it goes and it's it, it it really revels in kind of the absurdity of the shows it's aping. But I don't think it ever becomes a deconstruction, which I've seen people kind of discuss online. They're, they're saying, oh, well, it's a it's a decon- quote unquote deconstruction. Graham, what does that mean exactly? Uh, a deconstruction is basically when you take the tropes of a genre, uh, some kind of genre fiction, and you take those tropes to their logical conclusions. So you basically craft a story with those tropes um, and take them to places where they would go in a more realistic context. I think that Madoka is a good example of a deconstruction of a magical girl show because they examine the dangers of being a magical girl with the job uh, that they have where they have to fight so, these beings where their lives are in danger. So in, so in other words, when all the Moe girls that spend their entire anime eating cake are deconstructed, they end up getting like morbidly obese and all that's, the diabetes. See, that, I think that's, uh, yes, there you go. You got it. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I want to, I want to see that show now, <laughs> but um, I don't think this, I don't think this show is actually in deconstruction. I think it's, it would rather take those themes and tropes to the illogical conclusions for the sake of examining heroism and superheroism, if you want to call it that. We should do an uh, we as opposed should. to breaking apart the tropes themselves, because they don't really break open these tropes. They don't take them to logical conclusions. They take them to illogical conclusions. I think you would agree with that. We should do an entire series of episodes where, where we deconstruct one genre and talk about where each of us think it would go. Okay, that, that, I think that would be a good topic for the future. Um, so the end of the show, as you have hinted at, kind of. It's confusing. It gets past, yeah, yeah, it does. It gets all, it goes all over the place, um, and it gets past all of that absurdity and stuff to start examining or to, to basically return to the show's original status quo of kind of a more low key slice of life ish kind of thing with one last um, uh, conflict, and the conflict is this: this boy comes to um, torment Samurai Flamenco. What is the boy's name? What is his name? I can't remember. There's so many characters in this show. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what his name is, but I know that they talk about him. Oh man, um, he he's a boy that shows up earlier in the show. 
because he's at he's there when Samurai Flamenco has his first big moment of like Haiji. giving Haiji Sawada. Haiji Sawada is there when Samurai Flamenco gives his first big speech to the delinquent kids outside the grocery store or whatever it is, mm. and when he tells them off and they they is that the group that beats him up? Um, I can't remember, but um, he's there and very impressed and. Samurai Flamingo. Yeah, he he is in a group of middle school delinquents. He's one of those kids. And he um, appears after the alien flamenco stuff, and he, he has been using the word flamenco to to activate this kind of wish thing in the universe. Uh, and he it blows up Masayoshi, Masayoshi's apartment yes. in a scene that's very reminiscent of Fight Club, and I think it's intentionally so in, in those the themes in Fight Club about... Uh, about kind of self-examination and what you allow yourself to become and how, how the world sees you after you become this thing that maybe you didn't intend to become in the first place. And uh, I think that's a, a really interesting um, and in how they, how they handle that. But it does become a pretty quote unquote normal show again. But see, I, I, I just couldn't understand why the show bothers to. So I'm watching the show and I just don't, I didn't know where the show wanted to go at any point. I mean, it goes from being realistic to being unrealistic. And then we have realistic types of types of violence happening. And then it goes back to being crazy again. And then it stays crazy with the aliens. And then it goes back to realistic again. Hmm. So I just, I feel like the show didn't know what it wanted to be. And maybe that's just because I didn't understand what the show was trying to do. But for me, at the end of the show, it takes a completely other turn, a different turn on the show, including including giving more backstory on Goto, which... It's kind of an, I feel like it's a little bit unusual to be delving into such backstory at the at the very tippy tip end of a of a series. So like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out why it's important that we know all the information about Goto that we get in episode like 20 out of 22. Because it it informs his path to heroism, which is what the show is only interested in. It's in, interested in examining heroism. And what we know about Goto is that, yes, he's a police officer. But then when you realize, what, are we spoiling this? Or? I don't know. I was trying I was trying to not spoil what his backstory is. Okay. But, he, but let's just say that his backstory ends up leading him to being a police officer. And, yes. and, and they, they do explain that. But then they also get into other things like, what is love and all this stuff and this is actually an episode that I watched mm, and don't know. I have to say that I thought his backstory like the first arc of Samurai Flamenco I was like oh this is kind of clever and then the second arc of Samurai Flamenco I was like what happened to this show mm-hmm. and then this is really like the last I don't know three or four episodes were the only episodes I saw of the last arc and I thought it was really good. Yeah. I, I can't oh, say the, for where it's it tragic. fits. It's the end of the, the end of the show is quite good. Yeah. But and it brought it back for me a little bit. But I thought I thought from just what I saw, I was like, oh, this kind of redeems the show in my mm-hmm. mind because Goto's backstory is so good. And it's consistent with everything that the show has been talking about up to that point because he's always just been an outlier. He is, if you will, he's the. Um, sane center the sanity center the not 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 the moral center but i I know what you're saying because everyone else in the show seems to be doing something that's crazy exactly and he except for the manager sort of also yeah but she's not in the show as much as goto so goto is um when you discover where he's where he comes from and why he became a police officer you realize that it ties into everyone else's arc in that everyone has a reason to approach their path to justice or what they think is 
justice or what they think is morally right. And his is very, very personal. It's, you know, it's uh, very sad and it's very tragic. And to avoid spoiling it, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but uh, you understand that the show is extremely interested in looking at what it means, not, not even what it means to be a hero, but how you can satisfy whatever those requirements are for you personally. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. So, um, I think that that, that really brings his character and brings like all of the characters kind of around and, and brings them into focus in, in a way that's, that's very meaningful. And, uh, in, in general, I like the show. I thought it was pretty great. I, I, I couldn't figure out the end of the show. I mean, and I've heard people talk about, I've heard some speculations from the online community that the whole show is about Masayoshi having a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Right from the, you know, and by the time he's, like, fighting... An, I haven't heard... I, I didn't see that, but that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, and, and, and by the time he is, you know, fighting aliens, he could be in, like, a padded cell for all we know. But at the end of the show, because the kid that he is, quote-unquote, doing all these terrible things to him, for a, for a long while, they make it a big point to emphasize the fact that it's all in his head. Mm-hmm. And, and and up until the point where... Uh, which Which goes back to the to the the fight club imagery. So for people right, who have seen... Right, that would be a, a good connection yeah. there. All the way up until the point where, where Masayoshi is sort of... Uh, what is his name? Golden Axe or... Oh, Red Axe. Red Axe. Yeah. Um, Golden Axe is a Sega game. Yeah. <laughs> Red Axe says, he says that he heard or saw the boy also before he was hit by a car, which kind of maybe derails that whole thing, but I, I couldn't really... Under, I couldn't figure out the end of the show either. I mean, you have like all this... I don't understand why love is important and why in order to find out what love is, why do you have to strip all of your clothes off and like try to force yourself onto another person? Because I mean, I know, please don't make the, uh, oh, there's nothing wrong with being gay comments, but I mean, it's a little weird in the sh- in a show that has had nothing like that in it to all of a sudden have this seemingly homosexual influence right at the very end of the series. You, you say that it ha- has had nothing like that in it, but what was Masayoshi doing when Goto met him for the first time? Lying in a gutter? Naked. Naked, but that isn't... It's not about the clothes you wear. It's not about the per- persona that you put on. It's about who you are. It's about you. It's not about externalizing these ideas of justice and right and wrong. It's about internalizing... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. She's I- re- Chiaki's raising her hand. Oh, okay, I get that, Cram. But, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, mm. but he does say, I'll marry you. Yes, he I does. I mean... He, he does, and I... I, I, get, I get what they he, were trying he, to go he, for, he but acts it's crazy. really weird. He acts crazy. He's like, I want to know what love is, so I'm going to strip all my clothes off and then randomly say, let's get married. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's absurd. It's really absurd. It's absurd, and and one of the things that the show is has been interested in, in the, from the beginning is the absurdism, the, the absurdity of this kind of path, of this kind of character. And again, it's not deconstructing it. It's reveling in its absurdity and how illogical it is. And I think all of that stuff, I mean, the thing that people keep saying about this show is that it's weird and it loves being weird. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that because this kind of story is a kind of weird story. And for every dark night that we have where it tries to normalize the whole thing and make it dark and gritty and serious, and for every deconstruction that tries to take these tropes and examine them and break them apart and take them to logical conclusions, 
we need more shows like Samurai Flamenco that's like, you oh, know God. what, this this stuff is is not normal. It's not weird, but I think there's value in it because we're telling a lot of these kinds of stories, especially recently. So I, I really don't want more Samurai Flamenco type content. You don't want more? Like no, this? I don't want more. I, I, I don't want, there's lots of things I don't want more of, and crazy wacky shows like Samurai Flamenco are not, never, that, I just, I couldn't connect with it. See, I, I mean, I, I can't actually fault you for, for not being able to connect with how crazy the show was. Like it went all over the place and you expected one kind of show and it became another kind of show and then became another kind of show and then became another kind of show and ended up kind of as the show that it started as. But I mean, I mean, I, I really can't I blame mean, you for not liking that. I, I know that you know that I don't love Kill a Kill, Yeah. but I like Kill a Kill significantly more than Samurai Flamenco. Really? Yes. Okay. I just, the the show just, it never stopped moving, and I know maybe that's like a compliment to well, it. it to but be it, fair, I like Kill a Kill more than Samurai Flamenco too. <laughs> well, okay, but but like, I, I mean, as a viewer, I'm trying to readapt myself to the fact that something that I, a show that I thought was one thing suddenly becomes something completely different. Mm-hmm. And right about the time I'm getting used to that, does the same thing and becomes something completely different. And I feel like I'm trying to play catch up the whole show. Right about the time I'm, I'm I'm starting to accept King Torture as part of the show, he's gone, and we're like now we're like in meta, mega zorgs and all the fighting, mm-hmm. you know. And all of a sudden, like the human race can make like ray guns and all this fancy crap that just comes out of nowhere. And then right about the time I get used to that, it's aliens. And right about the time I get used to the fact that anything is unexpected, it becomes real again. And I feel like I never had a chance to catch up while I was watching it. I've said this before on the podcast. One of the things that I always look for in shows is the goals of the creator and how well the show met those goals. And through examining this show, I, I realized that the the story absolute, absolutely, without question, sacrifices balance and allows itself to feel uneven and inconsistent for the sake of extremely broad goals, all of which I think it hits perfectly. I think all of the things it's trying to say, all of the things it wants to say, uh, I think as an ex- examination of heroism, it's uh, the most varied and thorough that I've ever seen, ever, I think. I guess I just don't care about heroes. Maybe that's it. I love yeah. I-, I love Son Goku. He's well, a hero. Yeah, he is a hero. But, I mean, it's just, it, maybe it's like Gundam Build Fighters. I was watching Gundam Build Fighters, and I just couldn't get it, because... Mm. The only people that can enjoy Gun and Build Fighters are people that get the hundreds of references that are in every single episode. Mm-hmm. And so while some people I know love that show, I dropped it at about episode 15. That's enough time. I gave it enough time, right? Yeah. I, maybe I, so. maybe I just... 15 episodes? That's a long time. Maybe I just can't understand the analysis that the show's trying to do of certain genres because I just don't haven't watched them and don't enjoy them. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what. It, I don't know what the reason is why I don't like Samurai Flamenco, but I don't like it. I mean, the the things that I would fault the show for is is what it had to sacrifice in order to be the show that it is, in order to hit the goals that it hits. And uh, I saw. I can't remember who it was, but I saw a blogger blogger uh, say this. I guess on Twitter somewhere, he said that especially in the middle section when they're examining the absurdism and all that kind of stuff, and they even they even get into like how the media portrays. Um, heroism and how it turns uh, turns tragedy into entertainment, and that that's taken to a further extreme when when the prime minister himself ends up being a, a 
you know, his own kind of hero who wants to save Japan, but he's framed as the villain naturally. Um, but I think that the things that I would fault it for, the things that it had to do and what that blogger said was that it feels like good writers intentionally writing badly. Like it's obvious that the writers know what they're saying, know what they're trying to say, and they're saying it. I agree. But in order to say it, they have to write what is considered uh, by any contemporary definition to be bad writing, so to speak. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But that doesn't really change how I feel about it. So, um, the I let's the music. That's that's also one of the things that I I think the music is generally acceptable. It's occasionally I, um, good, but I don't think I've ever been as irritated in my entire life as I was with the second opening theme song. It's one of the worst really, theme songs like I've it? ever heard. I like the first life. one a lot. The second one didn't do much for me. And I'm not even going to try to imitate what 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 it was that I, that I didn't like about it because that would be doing a disservice to all the listeners. Well, I think the the theme song is kind of an unfair criticism because Maybe. it's a band, but Maybe. Um the background music in the show, the score I think too often, especially in the more slice of lifey moments, it kind of devolves into chintz and sounds a little bit like Animal Crossing, which I don't think is good. It's yeah, it's really sort of, bubbly and cheap sort of sounding. So, I, I can, I can, I can hear the music in my head right now, and it's sort of, I guess it's sort of average. Yeah, I think it fits the tone that it's being used in. You know, the Animal Crossing type music. Yeah. It, it, it fits the, it fits the tone the, the tone of the anime at those particular moments, but it's 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 neither good nor nor bad. I think it's sort of most so, of the time. So so yeah yeah. Um, uh, the animation was I thought was so so. Animation it, it's a very very cheap show. It it, it doesn't look. I mean, m- m- many of the times they're not. I think it looks bad. I think the show looks bad a lot of the looks, time. I don't know if it looks. I don't know if it looks bad. Characters I mean, going off model all the time. I didn't think that the show really had a whole. There are moments where they could they could have used some better animation, but for, for probably more than half of the show, they're just walking around talking. So it's not like they have to like have expensive animation sequences. The but, action wasn't so good, but then again, like the no, show that was bad, flat sh- out bad. The show doesn't. I mean, it's it's not. It doesn't care about the action. It's not an action show. It's not an action show. Despite it's a, being it's about... It's a character piece. It's ta- they're, they're trying to say something. They don't really care if the action's good. Yeah, despite being a Sentai show or a take on Sentai or whatever it might be, it, the action... This, this show is not an action show, so don't <laughs> expect that. Which, but would you say that action in tokusatsu shows is good? I don't know. There's some martial arts and stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. There is some martial arts, but the... Tokusatsu does mean special effects, so it's a special effects show. It's supposed to be um, visually appealing, I guess, but I don't think they ever are. When you punch someone in the chest and sparks fly out like a like a firecracker, I don't I don't think that's a good special effect. Maybe not, but that, but that a, but that would a be horrible misnomer. But that would be Japan. It would be, and a very low budget. Yes, yes, of course. Um, but yeah, I think um, I've I've said basically. All I want to say. I, I didn't like the show. Um, I'm not going to fail the show, but um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it two things in this anime that I didn't understand out of five. I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with four wish fulfillments out of. <laughs> four flamencos. Whoa, you guys out were of five. far apart on this. Two I didn't like. I liked the first six episodes of the show quite a lot, and I didn't dislike the last four episodes of the show. Hmm. I didn't. I, I thought they were okay. So I liked about. I liked about forty-five percent of the show. 
Which means that I give it a two. So I, then that yeah. averages out to a three. Yeah. I think a three is a fair score for this anime. I think it's a fair score for any show that's clearly not for any for for everybody, you know. And yeah, the show I mean, isn't for everybody. Like I get that, but if you're, I, I would disagree with you. You've said this before. I don't know if you said it on the show, but you said that this is a show for people who like tokusatsu shows, and that's absolutely. it. Absolutely, that's what, oh, I think that might be the case. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's a. I think it's it examines this, these ideas of heroism uh, from. A variety of pr- perspectives that's so vast and so varied that anybody who's ever been interested in the hero myth from you know ancient literature, mythology, all the way up to contemporary hero myth with you know the the concept of you know action stars and superheroes, Superman, even including and uh, definitely including Western superheroes, I think that they would find something interesting in this. And this brings us to the end of another. Triple A podcast. This was uh, session two hundred twenty-two. Is that a landmark? Halfway to four forty-four. Well, it is three. It is. We're not, we're not going to have another episode with three of the same digit for another hundred and what hundred and eleven episodes. Yep. So, yeah, that's true. So, uh, as always, you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, where we would really appreciate it if you left us a little rating and review, whether or not you like us. Yeah, feel free to give us a bad review if you don't like us. No. <laughs> I'll find <laughs> to you. To the chagrin of Chiaki. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook as well at facebook.com forward slash anime addicts anonymous podcast and on twitter.com slash AAA podcast or at AAA podcast if you know how Twitter works. Uh, and of course, you can find us streaming live on ustream.tv uh, every Saturday night at 9 30 p.m. EST. So just search for us on there. We had a lovely and sexy audience today. Lovely and sexy. Ooh, yes, both. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, the song taking us out will be Tenchi Gaishi from the anime Haikyuu by the artist Nico Touches the Walls. And we will see you all next week. All right. Take care, everybody. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Now that the show is over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to huluplus.com forward slash anime. 
That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime.